0: This is Authors in Focus. Hi, I'm James Reed, a fantasy author publishing under JMD Reed. The first volume of my epic 12 book fantasy series, Shadow of the Dragon, is available for pre order. Check out Foundation of Courage. Today, I'm joined by Cammie Murdoch-Jensen. She's the author of First Earth, Archmage series book one. How are you doing today, Cammie?
1: I am fine. How are you?
0: I'm doing just fine. Uh, You know, working hard. How about yourself?
1: Same. Working hard. (laughs) Multitasking all the time.
0: Yeah, I try not to do that because I'm terrible at it. So I just work on one thing and then switch to another it's all the time but yeah so i always like to start my uh interview out with a fun question so Cami, are you a, a morning person or an evening person
1: oh valley um you know i have to admit that kind of changes day to day usually my best production times are um in the morning right after i wake up but if i have to wake up with an alarm then I am not a morning person. <laughs> if I wake up naturally, then I like mornings.
0: Well, yeah, because usually the alarm um, interrupts you when you're in the probably in part of your sleep cycle that you shouldn't be awoken <laughs> and avoided, right? It's like why if you take a short nap you're fine, but if you take like a long nap you feel groggy afterwards.
1: Yep, it's true.
0: Because you uh, you let yourself get into like too deep a sleep, but then you wake up too early out of it.
1: Yeah. Yep. I um I. Try not to take naps, actually, for that reason.
0: Take like um, a 20-minute nap. You'll get kind of that rest you want, but you won't get the groggy effect because you don't go into the deeper sleep, but you go into enough of a sleep that you actually get the restfulness out of it. If you get enough sleep the night before, you shouldn't need a nap. Right. Well, uh, how long have you wanted to be an author, Cammy?
1: Um, I didn't know that I wanted to be an author until I became an author. My day job is I... I'm a director, so I work for my city, teaching a youth theater group. I do directing and choreography and um, a lot of music directing. I've got a music studio in my basement that I do all of the sound on. I also teach voice lessons. But until I I needed to become an author, I have a few scripts out there. I've always written stories. I've already told stories, but I didn't know that I wanted to be an author. But now that I am an author, I love it.
0: So uh, what do you love about it?
1: I just have such a creative brain. I love being creative. And when you're on stage, you're kind of limited to what you can do because you you have to visualize or make everything visual for people. But when when you're writing books, there's no limit to that. There's always a word that you can use to describe what's going on in your head.
0: No, I get what you're saying. Um, You can definitely have also more introspection than you can really have in a movie or a play, unless you have your characters monologuing left and right. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah we try to balance that introversion with action and dialogue so but yeah I'm, I'm unlimited when it comes to books i can write anything
0: awesome so let's talk about uh one of your books uh it is first earth which is about uh, agnes ann kavanaugh who is the only hope for not only her world but ours why don't you tell us a bit about the sort of young adult uh novel of yours
1: There's a fun story behind First Earth, and really it's the reason I did decide to become an author. And that is, I have a daughter who, when she was about 13 years old, started showing very weird, odd, unexplained symptoms. She'd just be walking down the hall, and suddenly she would lose all the strength in her legs and just slump to the ground. And her face would go pale and clammy, and her heart would race. And um, we couldn't figure out what was going on with her. And she became obviously more and more depressed. It was harder for her to get out of bed and she knew she was just going to have these attacks. So I was trying to come up with a way to engage her in life again and kind of help with some of the depression that she was feeling and the hopelessness that she was feeling. And I knew that she loved stories, so I thought maybe that was a way to get to her. So I started writing this book. And, like you said, the main character is Agnes Ann Kavanaugh, who is a burn victim with neuropathy in her legs. So she had the same leg pain and leg dysfunction that my daughter did. And um, I would say, "Okay, sweetheart, maybe it's too much for you to go to school today, but why don't you come for a walk with me? Let's go outside. We'll get some sun. We'll get some fresh air and we'll talk about this story in this book. And so she started dragging herself out of bed to come with me to talk about this story. And um, as we did this daily, she got a little bit stronger and became encouraged and inspired. And so she started getting out of bed and helping me write this book. Through our plotting and our planning, Agnes rises above incredible odds, incredible difficulties. And in spite of her physical limitations, she is able to accomplish great things. And that encouraged my daughter to do the same thing and rise above her trials and become more and more empowered.
0: That's a really great story. Yeah, that's, uh, did you guys ever figure out what was wrong with your daughter?
1: We did. It took several doctors and quite a few years. Um, First and second earth were written before we got a diagnosis. It's called POTS, P-O-T-S, Postural Orthostatic Tachycardia Syndrome. It means that her blood vessels did not constrict, so they would just go lax and all the blood would pool in her legs.
0: And then she would get dizzy and faint, okay.
1: Blood pressure dropped, heart had to race to keep the blood pumping. But we figured out how to manage the symptoms. And um, she's now married <laughs> and having her first little baby girl.
0: Oh, awesome. It's really great. So um, how long ago did you write First Earth? In?
1: It's been, let's see, started writing it when she first started showing symptoms. It took me about four years because I wasn't constantly. I was just just writing for her. And so the first 4 years and then let's see so yeah it's been about 8 years now
0: i know it's so like my, my cousin she um she got muscular degenerative disease and she got it like at 16 and she was like a gymnast and it, it was like the end of that you know Oh. you know she has to sometimes be in a wheelchair because of muscular dystrophy yeah so she like she needs like a walker or a wheelchair to move around and she's like, she's only 30 i mean she got diagnosed when they're like late teens but she's like I know she's 37 now, but yeah, it's rough.
1: That is terrible.
0: Yeah, but I'm glad that your uh, your writing was able to help your daughter out. I've had people like tell me the you know in like COVID times like you know they were allowed to have like some distraction or whatever. I mean that's that's why I like writing. I like I just want to entertain people, you know, and give them something to not think about their own problems, but escape into something else for a while. Oh,
1: well, that's for books, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's you know that's I said. I don't. I've met some authors that are like I want to like change the world with my writing or whatever i'm like eh, i just want to tell a story it doesn't have to be i don't know terribly necessarily meaningful but it just has to be i don't know something that will take people away to another world that's really all i care about perfect so um why don't we talk a little bit about the actual book itself so um what uh what is agnes's uh what exactly does she have to do like what's her uh, story about Then she has to deal with having those terrible burns having to overcome that
1: So she is the only wizard to be born on our planet since magic was banned thousands of years ago. Great Council, thousands of years ago, banned magic in favor of science. They wanted to see how far science would progress without magic helping it along. And she's part of a prophecy that says that she will... Save our world and other worlds as well. But because she's the only wizard on our planet, she's got this massive amount of magic, no idea what kind it is or how to use it, which puts a big target on her back for an evil necromancer that is looking to slurp up all of that delicious magic for herself. She's already drained most of the wizards on the planet called First Earth, which is what the book is about. And then she travels to our planet in order to target Agnes. She is saved, fortunately, by one of the few wizards left on First Earth. He takes her back to his planet and says, hey, we'll help you figure out your magic if you help us kill this evil necromancer and save our world.
0: Sounds like a a nice story. And so it's young adult, right?
1: Yes, young adult. Very clean, but not short on action or tension or adventure. Um, there are some few scary moments, so, but nothing so awful that a parent can't read it with their kids.
0: Definitely not my books, but yeah, that's a that's great. Uh, I mean, I like young adult. There's some really good young adult stuff out there.
1: There it is. I've heard it compared to Harry Potter, um, Percy Jackson, Fablehaven. Um, some of those it's a fast read it's not boring at all there's always something exciting happening which is how I like my books so clearly that's how I'm going to write
0: yeah there's something to writing those fast-paced books where you just end every chapter on the cliffhanger and just drag your readers along
1: <laughs> yeah
0: until they get to the ending so um it took you four years to write it so did you like go back and revise it all the time as you were writing it or did you like wait till you're all done before you did like rewrites on it
1: a little of both um as i got better and faster at writing i'm sure every author experiences this but the the more you write the better you get and so i did go back and read some of those early chapters and realized that they were very wordy so i needed to trim them down a lot and then once we did have First Earth completed and Second Earth rough draft done, my husband bought me an editor and an illustrator for Christmas and told me it's time to get these published. And um, my editor, very, very smart, and uh, he helped me trim it down even better and make it a product that I'm proud of.
0: Uh, and so there's a so illustrators Is that just for the cover? Or do you have like in book interior illustrations?
1: No, just for the cover.
0: Okay. Yeah, they're, uh, they're rather striking covers. I'm staring at them now. Uh, definitely have a, like, they kind of flow together, right? You know, that's, I think that's really good with series. You kind of want them to look, you know, be different, but also be like similar. But people go like, oh, that book is part of the series or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sort of, um, branding thing that, you know, the, the stuff you have to learn about being an indie author, branding, marketing, you know, all the, non-writing stuff.
1: It is not easy. Thank goodness my husband takes care of all of that for me. Wow. He's much more talented in the marketing and business aspect than I am.
0: That's you're very blessed then. I wish I had someone like that.
1: <laughs> I don't take him for granted at all. He is a blessing.
0: Awesome. So you've got um so are there so there's four books out right, is that correct? Yes. All right is that all of it or is there going to be more?
1: I'm working on the last one. Its title is False Earth, and it will be the concluding book in the series.
0: Awesome. Any timetable for when that will be out?
1: This year, I'm aiming for before June. That's my goal.
0: Okay, so not that far away. Nope. So you wrote the first book, right? Writing your first book is always a learning experience. But um, now that you're on your fifth book, like, has your writing process really changed a lot You know, as you've gone from book to book, or has it stayed pretty much the same?
1: It has. I've learned quite a few of the mistakes that, that editors catch you on every time. Like one of my big mistakes was starting too many sentences with the word then. Um, I've learned how to just take that out as I'm writing. I've learned how to use more active verbs instead of passive to be verbs. I've also learned how to focus better. And I've learned that I do a lot better if I just slap the words on the page just to get something on there so that I can go back and fix it. You can't fix what's not there.
0: Probably the biggest lesson for an author to learn, just write something down, because that's the biggest hurdle. You can pretty it up later if you need to.
1: Yes, I have really found with with new kids, especially, I'm always getting new authors asking me for advice and I say, okay, well, what have you written? And well, I've been working on the first seven chapters for three years. And I'm like, okay, you've got to move beyond that. You've got to get yours uh, down and then go yeah. back. Otherwise, you're revising things that could change.
0: Yeah, I rewrote my first chapter to my my first novel, I think, like 10 times. Like, <laughs> I just kept rewriting it over and over again. And to be honest, it was a good idea because uh, it was an exposition dump, that first very first draft of it. And like newbie author that I was, I was like, okay, this is way too much of an of a of a dump its just it was horrible. I'm just like telling massive historical backstory. I cut it all out and I think maybe only fifty percent of it even made it into the entire five book million word series, you know, scattered over the course of it as like I because it was important right to sort of the foundational mysteries of the the story, you know, kind of what happened. 2000 years ago that kind of set the world to the way it is right and you know in the big you know the official story the real version you know and all that stuff but um I didn't need to put it in the first chapter <laughs> basically laid out you know before I even got anywhere in this story so
1: so are you That's a that. pantser or a plotter
0: I used to be a pantser now I'm a now I'm a plotter
1: you're a pantser you you kind of need to write that first chapter three or four times so that you can develop the world in your head.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm still like I'm more kind of a hybrid, but I I'm more on the plotting end these days. I just found that and I do heavy like I do heavy scene plotting like a few chapters at a time, then I write them and then I do it all over again. And I find that um it helps me write faster because I don't have to both like write my prose and figure out the plot and what characters are doing at the same time so it saves on mental energy to divide those tasks in half so um it's like i'm pantsing because i am pantsing kind of the 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 very detailed outline but it's you know it also is very i don't have to do the the prose side so i can just you know write Important stuff down the you know the characters, then after I write it all, I can sit there and think about what happens next in the story based on my outline and kind of how the characters reacted and see if I have to do adjustments to my outline or maybe my outline um doesn't work. I I find that like about 10% of the time, my outline that I thought was good, there was some major problem that I find in writing and I have to go off outline, but um, no, I I since found that it just I don't know, I just the writing goes faster. I do it this way.
1: I agree. As as I've progressed um, book after book, I get more into plotting. The only thing that shakes me off plotting is the characters themselves. I'll frequently find myself thinking he's going to do one thing, but then as I'm writing, they do something else. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know why I didn't see that in the first place. Of course he'd do this.
0: Sometimes that does happen. Like generally that's where my outlining fell. Yes. Uh, but like I said, because I do like the sort of kind of heavy scene outlining, it's only a couple chapters at a time, so I'm not really projecting very far into the story. I'm just writing basically the reaction scenes to whatever last event happened up to the next event. So I definitely like to uh, I definitely like to write an action scene, then reflect on the reaction scenes where the character's process would happen and see how they reacted and then adjust my, you know, their emotional journey or whatever that I may have planned for them.
1: I think that's a... a very-
0: effective way of writing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's cause uh honestly I had to learn how to plot because I, I wrote a I split my characters up in book three of my Epic Fantasy series. And I had to have competing I had to have timelines that were running parallel to each other, but they affected each other. And characters would move from one story timeline to another. And so I had to I suddenly really had to actually know where everything was happening, what people were doing in advance. I couldn't pants it any longer.
1: Oh, absolutely. That is so complicated. I'm going to have some of that in my next series, but my first series is all first person. So that makes it a little bit easier that way.
0: Yeah, no, I had a, like a spreadsheet of like scenes because I would just write, I would write one storyline. That's the other thing I write. I just write one storyline at a time so I can keep their characters consistent with what they were doing up until like whatever big break would cause me to have to, that they would get interaction from another timeline or whatever. Um, but then I had to stitch all that together and form a novel out of all these like disparate scenes. And so I kind of would like make spreadsheets and I would like figure out like, okay, these scenes all take place at the same time, roughly, like, what's the best way to to integrate them together? Should I like, you know, it was a, it was a very daunting task having to do that for.
1: My daughter calls that Frankensteining a novel together.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I was, I, I was stitching the novel together. You know, I was just taking scenes going like, OK, let's put these scenes will form a chapter. Then like was, like, and when to switch, you know, from one storyline to another, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of a lot of decision making that I had to do kind of after the fact. Or I kind of was making the decisions as I was writing the scenes, trying to figure out where they would go. And so I could be ready to then stitch them together once I had it all written. But, yeah, it's definitely an interesting experience. Mm, I'll bet. I think I might have to be doing it again on this, my next series I'm working on now. It looks like it's going to be maybe a bit on the longer and epic side. I haven't done one of those in a couple of years because the, my first series kind of traumatized me to writing like a 270,000 word <laughs> book. And since then, I haven't read anything over like 110,000 words. And that's on the long side of what I've been writing for the last couple of years.
1: Writing can be traumatizing. I don't think people realize that. It really can be very hard. I've tried a couple of times just because, well, sometimes out of frustration and sometimes because I don't want to kill off my characters. I really like them and I don't want them to die. and It's a hard thing to do.
0: Uh, Yeah, it is. It's definitely hard. I've killed some characters that I really liked. It sucks. And I I write very detailed. I write write, um, close POVs, so I have to really be in the characters' heads around them, so it really sucks
1: yeah yeah that's the worst
0: yeah but uh so you got you got uh your next book uh is coming out hopefully by june the finale of the uh first or the archmage series i believe it's called
1: archmage yes archmage series
0: awesome and uh where can our listeners connect with you on the internet
1: i i have a presence pretty much everywhere um instagram facebook twitter um I have a website at CammieMurdochJensen.com. You can find my books on Amazon. Just Google Cammie Murdoch Jensen and you will find everything you need to know about me.
0: Awesome. Well, it was really great talking with you, Cammy.
1: Thanks. I enjoyed the conversation. It's fun to hear some of the struggles that other authors have. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to see what you've put out.
0: Thank you. Well, uh, you have yourself a great day.
1: You too. Thanks.
0: This has been Authors in Focus. You can find my fantasy novels on Amazon. Follow news of my writing at my blog, jmd-read.com, and follow me on Twitter, at jmdread. You can also join my reader group on Facebook, Fantastical Worlds of the Imagination. You can find more episodes of the podcast at fantasy-focus.com or wherever your favorite podcast is posted.